Welcome along to Man in the Mirror. It's Hayden Williams here, and you're in absolutely the right place if you're interested in self-care, self-image, male grooming, skincare, all those good things. It's a podcast where each week I talk to a male guest and we discuss their life, their work, and what they really think about the man that looks back at them in the mirror. We managed to have really wide-ranging conversations with all kinds of different men from different walks of life and different industries, and this week is no exception. My guest is Vesa Calho, who is the head of beauty buying at Fennec. Now, Fennec is a department store here in the UK, famed for their fantastic range of, of beauty, and... I've known Vesa, we met actually a couple of years ago and I've, I've seen his name in, in lots of places and he's very well regarded in the industry. He spent a long time um, working his way up through Harrods and then um, went to Fennec more recently as head of beauty buying. Now, I guess, you know, I guess a lot of us can wrap our heads around, you know, what it's like to be a salesperson in a store or obviously, you know, I've spoken to lots of brand founders and perfumers, and I think, you know, for, for better or worse, you can kind of understand how those roles work. But the role of buyer, I've always found to be quite um, an opaque, quite a mysterious role. And I was particularly keen to to find out more from someone who does that day to day. And there's no one better than Vesa. I mean, I, I guess it's tempting to think of it as a role, you know, we just go, oh, we should have that and we should stock that. And of course... It's much more data-driven, it's much more complex, and there's so many factors you have to bear in mind, you know, including the, the range that a brand has, obviously the, the, the possibility of how well it's going to sell through, factors around sustainability, lots of things, and um, Vesa will tell me much more about it in our chat. So without further ado, it's Vesa Calho, who is the head of beauty buying at Fennec, talking to me, Hayden, on Man in the Mirror. Let's go. Welcome along to Man in the Mirror. It's Hayden here. And my guest this week, I'm delighted to let you know that I'm joined by Vesa Carlho, who is the head of beauty buying at Fennec. Vesa, thank you so much for joining me. No, thank you for having me. It's it's Friday afternoon. You're still toiling away in the office there. I am. And... Um, as I mentioned before we started, I'm really keen, I'm really interested in this in this kind of sector of the industry because I think, you know, most people can imagine some of the roles around, you know, what, what the perfumer does or someone that kind of uh, is the is the brand founder who comes up with something. But I think this this role within within retail of the buyer is a, is, is a fascinating one and something we'll, we'll, we'll definitely get into a bit more. But I think maybe let's start even, you know, people might eagle-eyed people having a listen or, or looking on on the the name might might spot a, a name that sounds sounds like it's it's not um british and so you're from finland not, not, not just a british name it's not difficult and already i was uh, you know having to take a run up and uh, <laughs> the, <laughs> the pronunciation and everything but did you so you're from finland did you grow up there or did you come here at quite a young age i grew up in finland and i moved to london 23 years ago now did you so, yeah, so I have now actually... What brought you here? I Adventure, always wanted, like yeah, I always wanted to live in a big city. And, and, you know, there's 5 million people living in Finland, which is less than in Greater London. So that says it all already. But I've now actually lived longer in the UK than I lived in Finland. And do you consider this home now? 
I mean, I, I, yes. yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. This is my. Opinion. You're a London guy now. Exactly. You know, don't get me wrong. I love going back to Finland. Yeah. But London is my home. And were you from um, one of the cities in Finland or were you from a more rural area? I was from a city, but I think in the UK standard, it's more probably a, a town. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it, it was a city, you know. So I've always been a city boy. Yeah. And going back to sort of childhood days in in Finland, this role that you that you have now were things such as beauty, skincare, fragrance. Were they important to you from a young age? Did you have that interest from earlier on? Um, they were, but at the same time, I didn't know that there were jobs in the sector. I didn't know that that there was beauty buyer role. You know, I didn't know that existed. Um, and I think that's why I probably always, I thought I wanted to work in fashion. Yeah, but then I fell into beauty and never looked back. You know, always in beauty. Oh. But do you, do you remember from from your youth, you know, were there fragrances that you liked at home? Were there, you know, were the, presumably the same sort of brands were on sale at home, were they? Yeah, they were. And, and I have, I always say that, the one that really started it for me, kind of like from the fragrance point of view, was CK1. Yes. Like, yes. Alberto Morias just did an amazing job with that. Yeah, that fragrance just changed my life. I love to hear that, you know, it, when it has a real uh, a real impact on someone and, and sort of changes things. Yeah, I, I can definitely, definitely see that. And so when you first came, did you get into the retail world was that your was that your first sort of job here, or did you come and study first? Um, it pretty much was my first job, yes. Um, and I started on the shop floor at Harrods. Did you go straight to Harrods? Pretty much, yeah. I did do a couple other retailers, but for a very short stint. So in that sense, that Harrods was my first proper job. And you had a good long spell, didn't you, in the famous Knightsbridge store? Yeah, the Green Palace in Knightsbridge. Yeah. And did you did you start in the sort of fragrance and, and beauty section and, and uh, work? Yeah, so there was a, there was, at the time there was a department called Beauty Apothecary, which was kind of like that niche beauty that you know had a bit of everything in, um, and that's where I started as a sales associate. And actually, I worked a lot with Diptyque at did the you? time. Yeah, such you know, a wonderful actually, brand. Yeah, exactly. And you know, at the time, it was much more heavily candle-led brand, whereas now obviously it has got, you know, person fragrance as well and everything else as well which from home accessories. And then I guess you worked, do you worked your way up from the sales yeah, assistant so, through to through to buying? Yeah, so, I, well, I worked my way up to be the department manager and then after a while I was like, you know, I've done my bit in customer-facing role and then I was like, what else should I do? And to be honest, when I even started the Harris, I wasn't really aware of the buying role and what it what it was. And whilst I was then working at Harrods and saw like what the buying teams were doing and kind of like that creativeness and all of that, you know, having that awareness of what was going to happen, you know, because they'd seen all the products that were about to launch and all of that. So I was like, you know what, that sounds a really interesting job, and I'd love to try that. So, really, I'd, I'd love to know, you know, how, how would you how would you define it 
as a job for people to to understand the role of of a buyer? How do you see it? Put me on the spot now. <laughs> <laughs> Tell me how you do your job. No, you know, I think it's it's, it's it feels like quite um, an opaque world. You know, quite difficult to understand. I guess. For, for the customer, we 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 yeah. we understand. You know, we we all have experiences with with sales assistants, and and you know, you can understand that. But you know, what's what's the buying role? How what does it come? You know, as a buyer, you're you're supposed to find those brands and products that the customers want. You know, and you should have in a way that knowledge that what is about to happen. You know, you are supposed to drive those trends. You know, create those trends. So kind of like, and what is it that you're going to be backing? Just like in fashion as well, the buyers, you know, what are the styles, the colors that they buy in? That's that's kind of like, you know, what the buyer does kind of like in a broad sense of that role in that sense. But that's, you know, now you have to be very strategic, kind of like thinking ahead and kind of like planning a lot of that. So I guess you have to understand some of the data points and things like that as well it's not it's, it's not just sort of finger in the air and say oh this brand sounds cool and there must be a, a a myriad of of information points and data and all that and definitely kind of like 10 years ago it was probably morphing in the air whereas now it is much more data driven that the data will tell you so much but at the same time i think we all have to be mindful of that you shouldn't just trust data because even data can be incorrect. So there's some in, there's some instinct to it as well. Exactly. I think, you know, I think if you use that as your guidance, I think that's the main thing. And in, and in terms of, you know, in terms of the sort of brands, is it that they need, either in your current role or in Harrods, w- would they need a certain number of, well, they call it SKUs, don't they? But, you know, a certain number of products in the range before it would be considered, you know, you can't just come in, would you come in with one fragrance? Is that impossible well i think on fragrance you probably could but necessarily not on a skincare brand you could come and do that so i think it also varies from a category point of view that you know on fragrance there might be a one great fragrance and that could create a brand in itself you know but at the same time there are less and less of those that can make it happen at the same time that usually buyers would be looking for a range of some kind. And, you know, we talked about trends and and looking to the future and obviously, you know, data and sales information is part of that. But that piece around trying to, you know, look into your crystal ball and and imagine some of the the fragrance notes or, or, you know, whether it's in skincare and makeup, what are the things that you look for? Is it about you know, studying reports or do you go to trade fairs or, you know, read or is it a sort of combination of all of those things? What are the sort of creative things that you do to try and sort of um, forecast and, and trend set? I think, I think you have to be aware of so many different things. I have to say that social media drives a lot of that these days. That can work. You have to be aware of what's happening in social media. But at the same time, it's luckily it's not just me luckily i've got a team as well so like sometimes i am trusting definitely more of my younger generation team members to tell me at times what they the have TikTokers. seen um, <laughs> exactly, exactly. Yeah. but at the same time you know i do still go to trade fairs because at the same time trade fairs is a good way to understand 
what's happening in the market because you see so much in one place. So you start to understand. For example, fragrance trade shows for me is really interesting because you start to pick up, say, certain notes coming through as a trend or a certain type of packaging, for example. So you're like, okay, like I can see this coming along. So what are we doing that we're ready mm, for that? I've got you. Oh, that makes sense. And do things like exclusives does that does that play a big part in in your thinking? So now in your in your current role at Fennec, do, um, would you want to have a, a particular brand just just for you? Is that is that something that's part of your thinking, or is it you, you would like a certain fragrance from their line just for you? Is that is that something that happens a bit more now? I'd, I'd be lying if I said I didn't want an exclusive, and I think all the retailers want something, and you know. That's the whole point. Having a point of difference, you know, is it an exclusive or what is it that is the point of difference so that the customers understand why they decide to shop with that retailer in this instance. And obviously with the online retailers, it's obviously made it even tougher than to compete. But obviously, you know, my background is brick and mortar retailer that has the digital platform. So obviously that's great in that sense, That, but at the same time it makes it harder to compete at times because pure players many times are first to the market with brands and products. I guess, it, yeah, it is a sort of changing landscape, isn't it? And and and, and all consumers, I suppose, is, is no different whatever the sector that, you know, people will do research or they'll see they'll see things on social media or online. And yeah, that, that piece around trying to make sure they head to Fennec and head you head in your direction. That must be a, quite a challenge, isn't it? And so I suppose exclusives are something that that helps there. Well, look, we're going to talk a bit more about your role and and buying and and how things are at Fennec. But um, on the podcast, and I think particularly in your case, you know, having such a long history at Harrods and now at Fennec in terms of buying, so you see all kinds of products and innovations. I'm really fascinated to know about um, your own morning and evening routine, Vesa. So what do, have you got quite... How long have you got? Yeah, I know, we'll, we'll do We'll do the extended cut where we'll do <laughs> five hours worth. But, you know, have you have you managed to sort of get yourself a, a kind of tight edit of, of products? Have you stayed quite loyal to things? What, what does your morning routine look like? I... It's not a tight edit, and I'm not. <laughs> and I think I'm, try lots of things. I think that's my job. that's my job not to be loyal. I, you know, I need to try products, and in that sense, that that's the fun part being a beauty buyer. You get to try so many different products, and you know, I, and I do think that customers probably expect me to try as many products as possible before they even land in our stores on the shelf. But I have to say that kind of like at the same time, I think I do have my beauty steps, but the products change in that sense. And in that sense that I think I'm not a morning person, but actually my morning routine. No. no, but my morning routine takes longer than my evening routine. Whereas my evening routine is kind of like just get it done quickly and to bed. Splash your face, yeah, clean your teeth. <laughs> yeah, but in that sense that kind of like my evening would be probably like, you know, washing my face, toner, uh, moisturizer, eye cream, I brush my teeth, that kind of like type, where it's kind of like my morning routine just takes forever, literally. How yeah. how long do you give yourself? I mean, do you genuinely sort of need to give yourself a good 
a good amount of time to get, do you? And that way. So if you're in a hurry and you oversleep, you're just like, oh God, I need to kind of condense all this. I don't oversleep because I make sure that I've got my alarm set so that I have got enough time for my I love this. routine. But in that sense, that, but in that sense, that obviously for me in the morning, like when I wake up, you know, I usually wash my face and shave. Shave every day? Do you shave every day? I do. Yeah. I've never grown a beard. I don't think beard would suit me, you know, so I've never tried it though. <laughs> be interesting though, do you, do, I mean, as a complete aside, do you think, like if you, what sort of hair do you have? Do you think it would be quite a full beard? Like what do you think it would look like if it I, was I there? I think it would be quite full, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, so. But we, you don't but have you, one, so. No, I don't, yeah, because I shave every morning. Yeah, and that's it, but actually then what I'm. Are you a wet, sorry, are you a, are you a wet shaver? Wet shaver, yeah. What I do usually most morning is also whilst I'm having my first coffee of the day, I usually put on a face mask. Do you? Most days, yes. And it depends almost like what does my skin feel like? You know, what do I feel like I need? Because it might be that one morning it's a clay mask because I feel that, you know, clogged pores. One morning it might be that, you know what, I just need a lot of hydration. So hydration mask. Somebody, it might be just a sheet mask, for example, in that sense. But, and that's why I say that, that's why my morning routine takes actually longer than my evening routine because I hardly ever do a mask in the evening because I'm just like, I'm so tired, I just want to get it to bed. But in that sense, that kind of like from there, kind of like after shower, I would probably use kind of like a toner, essence, serum, eye cream, moisturizer. There might be another serum as well. There might be another eye mask uh, or eye serum. So, yeah. And again, you, you're 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 duty bound, I suppose, to try different brands. And and so, what about at the moment? Are there certain things that you've you've sort of connected with and that you you like using? There's some products that I always go back to in that sense. That I'm like, you know, obviously I need to try something else. But then I'm like. You know what? I like to go back to the what I've been using. At the moment, I'm really enjoying the Dior On-Off cleanser. That's, right. you know, really nice, like a creamy cleansing. It's good. It's really nice, yes. Uh, and then a serum that I go back to, like, swear by, is BioEffect EGF serum. And that kind of like, for me, has been like this game changer. Why do you think it's so good? Um, I think because I don't, I'm almost like scared of retinols. Mm. So I want to, you know, this for me is kind of like a better type of serum that kind of like uh, accelerates the cell turnover. Yeah. Uh, but it doesn't leave my skin. Well, I suffer from redness on my skin anyway. So that's why for me, I don't want to use retinol just in case that it yes. would make it worse. Yeah. I see. Um, so that's kind of like the serum that I just go back to all the time. And what about hair, Vesa? Do you, are, you, are, you, are there certain products you, or certain sort of category of products that you, you've found that you've um, drawn yeah, to? Yeah, I think for me, kind of like, I, I like using kind of like those salt texture spray type of mm. products. And the one that I'm using at the moment, which I find actually really good, is Damon Barber. Yes, I know that range. Yeah. 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 I've not, that, I, I know it. I've not used it, but it's good. I have to say it's the best I've tried so far. Is it? 
Yeah, and yeah, I'm hooked on it. And I'm using the shampoo and conditioner at the moment as well. And they're both. And do you sell that? Is that at Phoenix? I don't actually, <laughs> but I probably should do. You should do. <laughs> <laughs> like, like a black hair. <laughs> <laughs> no, so somebody else, that's funny, a friend of mine who's a hairdresser um, recommends them and, and she, she raves about the Damon Barber stuff for men. So it's very good. So, well, that's good. And, and I guess fragrance is another one that's almost impossible isn't it because uh, do you have a big collection anyway do you, you do you get to bring a lot home yes or have buy no, a lot exactly exactly and my partner is always saying that where are we going to put all of this <laughs> where is it going to go and, and have you found that it is something that you want to kind of display and make a feature of or is it just kind of shoved where are the bottles shoved wherever they can go kind of thing i think it's a bit of both I think the ones that I use almost like daily and are kind of like those kind of like more special, they're probably out, you know, somewhere, you know, you know, visible. But then there's like cupboards full of fragrances. And, you know, I I, I try to go with my fragrances by my mood in that sense that I'm like, what's the mood or what, what am I doing today? Kind of like what's happening today? Sometimes it is like trying to find it then in the cupboard in the morning. Be like, where is it now? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, some needle in a haystack stuff. Exactly, yeah. exactly. And do you, do you think you're drawn to a certain sort of profile of, of fragrance, or you, or you, do you like everything? Don't get me wrong. I like most fragrances, and you know, I'm I'm passionate about fragrance. But I think anyone who knows me really well knows that I'm really into iris fragrances are you yeah yeah so kind of like the my current favorite one is the eccentric molecule with the iris oh, plus iris yes. yeah so good so good i really love i mean I, I love the eccentric molecules range anyway but those that recent edition of the what the one plus mandarin and tea and iris is genius isn't it because it's it's obviously adding one element but it doesn't it doesn't make it over complicated it's still a very sort of clean profile and yeah the mandarin one i love sometimes i'll I'll put the original on and then add just mandarin just to kind of yeah. add it up and i think it's yeah, yeah really good uh, my other favorite favorite fragrance was from uh, atelier cologne their silver Islands, which was my kind of like uh more of a signature scent but now that the brand is not available in the uk and i think they discontinued that fragrance because i was probably the only one Wearing that in the world, <laughs> <laughs> the sole person that wore exactly. Have they gone? Because there, there was a store in Covent Garden. We're talking about Atelier Cologne that was in Covent Garden. Yeah, yeah. They gone? Yeah, they're no longer available oh. in the UK. Do, do you know what? Just just because, or they're focused on other territories? I, I think they focused other territories. Mm. That was a shame because it again, yeah, really kind of unpretentious range and all colourful and those nice leather exactly. holders. Yeah, I really liked it. I like the Atelier Cologne. There was a, what was it? One of the, Clementine, California, I think. Some oh, of those yes. really juicy ones. Really good. Really yeah. good. Yeah. yeah. And, and what about today, Vesa? Are, are you in an iris today or what are you, what are you wearing, as they what, say at the what, Oscars? What am I wearing today? <laughs> well, that's a very good question. I'm wearing Glossier. Oh, you, are you Glossier? Yes. So another Irish fragrance. Yes. Great. Yes. Um, but I have to say that I I really like Bleu de Chanel still. Like, you know, yeah. for me, Bleu de Chanel is a classic. Yes, it is. 
Yeah. And do you do you stick with the sort of mainstay fragrance? Or are you, have you got into the elixirs and all that stuff? Or do you... um, I usually wear the Audit Parfum. Yeah. And and obviously in your role, there's it encompasses as you as you've said the fragrance, skincare, and, and makeup, right? So, so the whole beauty spectrum. It might be a stupid question, but how do you how do you approach the the makeup side of things? It, do you obviously you've got a, a, a bigger team as well? But it, I can I can totally imagine you, you know trying the skincare, trying the fragrance. I'm sure you could try the the makeup, but do you, you have the knowledge? Oh, the back of my hands, I will try the makeup. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But it, it, does it, do you have to draw on other colleagues a bit more when it comes to makeup or is it the, still the same sort of process of of making your decisions as the I head? Think, I think at the end, it's still the same process in that sense. But I would probably say that I will definitely lean more into fragrance and skincare than makeup from my expertise side of things. Uh, but at the same time, you know, you know, you've got a, if you've got a great team, there are going to be people who've got their strengths then in makeup, so that helps. But, you know, at the same time, you just need to look at more far. what is the brand doing, you know, who is the customer, you know, is the customer with us already and, you know, what, what do they want to bring to the market? So there's still those same processes and, and, and thoughts that, that, that go into it. And I guess, yeah, you still, you've got the same amount of data and information and sales histories and, and all exactly. that. Yeah. Is it possible to talk about a typical Phoenix customer? Like in compared to, I know, obviously different people shop at all sorts of different stores, but do you, is there a profile, do you think, of a, of a kind of Phoenix customer? I, I would say yes and no. I, th- I think the, the challenge is that We've got eight stores in total different locations, and then we've got our website. So in that sense, that you can't say that I've got the same customer in all of the eight stores. So, you know, because we've got a stores in Newcastle and in York, but then, you know, we've got in Brent Cross and Kingston as well. So kind of like, they're so different, those customer base. But I said not kind of like, you know, I think for me, it's important that kind of like we have that cohesive brand selection available and not all of the brands are available in all stores. I was going to ask you that. So there there will be some variation in different regions. I I think it's important, but at the same time, you know, to to do it in a scale as well, that, you know, some brands are bigger in different locations because it depends on the customer base. But I do think that, you know, the Fennec customer is looking for something different, something that they don't come across everywhere. So kind of like for us, it's just important to do that, edit the curation and the selection with that customer in mind. I've got you. And, we, you know, we, we talked about this idea of the, the buyer, you know, looking into the future and, and trying to predict trends. What are you seeing this year, Vesa, and we're in 2024. If people are listening <laughs> as it comes <laughs> out in in well, early March, um, yeah, what what's going on right now? What's what's exciting, or what do you, what do you see sort of coming down the track in in the coming months? Well, I, I think it's interesting how fragrance is just developing more and more in that niche arena. In that sense, that that is a way for you to show your personality you know, to have something that not everyone else is wearing. And that we're definitely seeing a bigger trend, I'd say. 
definitely. Within the actual fragrance, it's interesting how we're going back to those gourmand notes. Like vanilla is coming strong. There's a lot of vanilla releases, isn't there? Yes, exactly. And some of that seems to be, again, I suppose any of these different trends are, are invariably driven by um, social media and TikTok and things. But yeah, it seems like a lot of gourmand content isn't there, and whether it's pistachio or vanilla or, you know, all that kind of thing. But um, yeah, I guess it's hard to sort of stay ahead of it, isn't it? Because, you know, we all know the amount of time it would take to develop, whether it's skincare, makeup or or fragrance, all these things would take a long time to to develop and bring to market. So it's not as though, it's like, you know, where if a if a song comes out that's really popular, it's no good, it's no good someone sort of doing that again and releasing it six months later, because it'll all be It'll all be changed, won't it? So I, maybe it's similar in, in this world, is it? That by the time you, you know, it'd take even longer, wouldn't it, to develop a, a fragrance or a new skincare product that actually came to market. So you, you kind of need to be ahead of that stuff, don't you? Yeah. And I do think that kind of like what TikTok has done for fragrance has been great in that sense that it has definitely accelerated sales for fragrance, um, which some of the other mediums didn't do in that sense. And it's definitely reaching a new different audience, which is great in that sense that there's more and more people, again, appreciating fragrance. Yeah, they're being exposed to it, aren't they? Exactly. Because obviously we went into states where it was almost like no one was wearing a fragrance. And it was like, if you're wearing a fragrance, it was almost like, why are you wearing a fragrance? You know, whereas for me, it's like, you know, I have to wear a fragrance every day. Kind of like that's just part of my getting ready routine that, you know, I feel slightly naked if I don't wear a fragrance. Yeah, and and do, you, do you see as well, it seems like there's a real move to to more powerful, intense fragrances and the, these kind of, these fragrances that have much more power and projection. That's it. There seems to be a bit more of that kind of yeah, stuff. In that sense that we're going more and more into order parfums and elixirs in that sense that, and parfums in in that sense that men's fragrances didn't used to have parfum strength. Now there are more and more brands having the parfum strength available. But when I say that, kind of like, I do think that people are much more educated in fragrance and they understand that, you know, the strength in that sense that you get more for your money. And I, think, I suppose it's part of that sort of conspicuous consumption, isn't it? That, you know, it's, it's certainly a view that some people would like in the way that they wear certain clothes and they want their fragrance to to kind of be a representation of themselves but also for it to for for it to be noticeable and for them to be able to say I'm wearing XYZ you know. I mean that says that when you look at the millennials and the Gen Z you know that they are all wearing those stronger versions of fragrances now whereas when I was young it was more above the order toilette yeah definitely me too me too and you, we, we touched on, you know, talks about men there, and I, I in in the fact that Man in the Mirror, you know, um, a lot of it's aimed aimed at men and just trying to kind of broaden people's palate and 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 you know present these things as as accessible. It's it's really interesting to me your, with your insight, just how you see or have you seen a, ch- a shift in how men approach fragrance these days in, in store? Is it do you? Has it changed what you've ended up 
putting on the shelves uh, over the last few years? Are things changing? Yeah, I, I, I think what has changed that I, and don't get me wrong, it still happens, but I do think that it used to be that it was the wives and girlfriends who bought the fragrance that they liked for their other half, whereas now we see more men coming to the counter to select their fragrance, what they want to wear. Making their own choices. Yeah. Exactly. Oh, no, that makes sense. Do you think it's harder or easier for brands to gain traction and, and get a foothold in, in the market now? Do you think some of these things like social media actually can can blow up a brand and, and bring it to popularity a bit quicker? Or is there still the kind of, is it still like turning an oil tanker to kind of make progress? Well, I, I think social media definitely helps, but I, I think it's more for what's the longevity. And as a retailer, you know, I don't want it to be just a quick flash sales, but then it doesn't continue. You know, for me, it's important that that, that it continues that, kind of like, not necessarily even a trend, but, you know, that kind of like trajectory that, you know, the sales are there. And that's such a good insight, I think, you know, for you to have to have this awareness that, you know, these things potentially need to stay on either online or on the store shelves. You know, it's not something that's here today, gone tomorrow. You you need to commit to a certain number of months or years or whatever because you're putting in point of sale and and, and commitments and sales staff and all those things. So you, you want something that's got a future, right? Yeah. Obviously, it's easier if you are online-only retailer. Like I said earlier, that, you know, it's easier for you to come into the market quicker. And in that sense, that then you can walk away from it quicker if it's not performing anymore. Whereas, but if it is in brick and mortar retail, you know, there are other things to be considerate. For example, how it is positioned in the store. And what do you know? We've obviously got this mix now, obviously, and people order online, pick up in store, you know, check it out on store, order online, and, and all the, the combinations. I mean, what, what do you see in terms of trying to bring people into the, the, the bricks and mortar store and create a bit of interest and, and, you know, retail theater and all these things? Are, are there certain things that you do at Fennec to try and entice the customers in to have the real life experience? Yeah. And, and I think what you just mentioned there, the retail theatre, you know, for brick and mortar retailer, it's all about the retail theatre. And, you know, all about that experience, you know, because why would the customer come into the store if they can have it delivered to their home? You know, what is it that they, what, what drives them into the store? You know, the service and the experience. You know, but at the same time, within beauty, as we know, People want to touch, feel, smell, taste. So you can't do that virtually. What sort of things do you try and do? You know, do you, does Phoenix have a program of events and, and yeah, meeting and the we, brand owners, things like that? Exactly. You know, we want to give access to our customers to the brand founders, you know, fragrance trainers, makeup artists, all of that. In that sense that, you know, Customers want to know more about the brands, not just, you know, what their product is and says and what is the marketing, you know, doing. In that sense that they want to have more insight. Yeah, who's behind it? Exactly. What's it about? Exactly. We we host a lot of events in our stores, you know, which is great. And, you know, it, it can be from a scale of like 10 customers to all the way to 100 customers. And so it just depends on like, you know, the brand, the focus, 
all of that. I think I came along to meet Olivia Cresp at Fennec. They did a event with Acro. Yeah, which was which was great, and I, I yeah, it was a, it was a lovely environment. To, it was a sort of press event, but um, yeah, the London store is beautiful. It's um, yeah, really pl- a good place to experience fragrance. Obviously, I'm going to link to to the store and, and some of the products you mentioned. But as always in in the podcast, Vesar, I like to find out about your own ideas around self-image. So with with the name of the, the podcast being Man in the Mirror, I wonder how you feel about what looks back at you in, in the mirror. Are you Because are you, I, I noticed, I mean, I obviously whatever you're doing there in terms of skincare is working really well because you have a really, you see you have a really amazing complexion. But you, how, how do you view yourself? Well, like I said, I spend an hour in front of the mirror every morning. It's <laughs> <laughs> plenty of time to look. Oh, don't get me wrong. Like, you know, I have to, I am happy, you know, when I look myself in the mirror, but at the same time, it, it's not like, you know, I don't have to do anything for it in that sense. That, you know, exactly. You, put the work you have in. to put the work in. <laughs> 10,000 exactly. hours. But it's almost it is, like, you know, <laughs> I go to the gym three to four times a week. What do you like doing? What's your thing in the gym? Well, I, I like to go through reformer pilates and spinning and bar. So kind of like three different kind of like exercise that I like to do. So I like to mix it up. But in that sense, that that's how I then look at my skincare in that sense that it is like the gym for your face. So I use different kind of like a beauty tools, for example. Uh, one of my favorite beauty tools is uh, Nurse Jamie Uplift Roller that you, uh, you just roll around your face. So it'll give that lifting for your face, especially first thing. And so does that sort of tighten things up? Is that yes, exactly. So I've seen some of those. Isn't is there a company? Isn't Face Gym? Haven't they got some of that kind yes, of stuff? Yeah, they have that. Yeah. that. yeah, I haven't tried. Maybe I should try those. <laughs> yeah. But do you like those products? They they work well. Yeah, they do. That are why I'm demonstrating. But... Exactly. Yeah. But you know, in that sense, that I'd love to go for a facial even once a month, but it's impossible to find that time. So in, in that sense, that is like, what can I do at home myself? So yeah, so, but you know, again, like, yeah, I might have a great complexion, thank you, but at the same time, it's not, it's not a natural in that sense that I, I have some products like concealer, for example, so I can't necessarily go out barefaced completely, but I said, I'm, I've got access to the best products. Of course. And in terms of those kind of products in Fennec and in store, are there products that would now lean slightly more male, or do you, or are you shopping from products that are sort of gender free? What's your stance? Yeah, on, I, I think on all of that? to me, kind of like obviously there is male products th- now. Th- isn't there, there are, there are. Uh, we don't necessarily do men specific makeup, and at the same time, like you know, if it's a makeup, then it should be good for everyone that doesn't have to be specific for example concealer i I really like nas and laura mercier concealer so they're really good i like chanel cc cream for example so it just depends kind of like what the product is i really like that you're and why shouldn't you be but i really like how comfortable you are just using products that are, are there in the market it's sort of it shouldn't feel like that's 
a difficult thing to do. But I guess there might be some men that might have a bit of a barrier to to shopping in that way. Should perhaps shouldn't do. No, but you know, again, I I'm in that environment every day, so it helps. But I said, so it's not sort of scary to no, use. No, exactly. It. But at the same time, I can understand that it might be daunting if you're going for the first time into a department store and you need some kind of a help to enhance your look or to approach a brand because if you don't know even where to start, that's kind of like then the biggest challenge because you don't know where to start. And I suppose you say, well, in the end, if you find the right product, it's easy enough to buy online, but you are going to, you're going to need to kind of match the right tone and all those things, aren't you? But in that sense, that kind of like, what I always say that those teams on the counter are there to help you. And, you know, that's the... In a non-judgmental way. And they're more than happy to do that, you know, because... And when you see many times women, when they have had their makeup done, how they feel afterwards, you know, it should be the same for guys as well. Yeah, no, I totally agree. And And where do you stand on, would you ever consider treatments and tweakments and you know sort of more, more surgical things is that something you'd ever countenance or, or not? i would definitely consider i've never had botox but my thing is that once you start you can't stop yeah yeah so i'm trying to wait until holding back exactly until i have to and then i will do it but in that sense that, you know... But you don't have a, you don't have a philosophical issue against doing it. No, you I could. don't. I, and in that sense that if that makes you feel good, then why not? But I said, kind of like, you know, mindful of where you go and who does it. For example, I think that's really important that you do your research rather than just anybody doing those treatments for Yeah. Yeah, you can see some sort of horror stories, can't you, of either doing that kind of treatment tourism and going to places where you, there's not the follow-up Exactly, care. and it's almost like if it's too good to be true, it probably is. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like, you know, in things like that, you shouldn't be looking for the cheapest option because that is the worst. Not or your body. Yeah, oh my goodness. Yeah. And finally, Vesa, what are the things that bring you joy and, and happiness, perhaps outside of the work environment? What brings me joy? Um... Coffee? Coffee, definitely, yes. <laughs> I drink so much coffee. You wouldn't do you? Be, yes. How do you, how do you take it? Just in case I need to make you one. Just black. Just black? Yeah. Do you? Yeah. Uh, but Finland is the biggest coffee drinking nation in the world. Is it? Yes. But, you know, I didn't, I it's didn't so know dark and cold in Finland, so you need something to keep you warm and yeah. awake. So that's probably where I get it from. <laughs> uh, what makes me happy? Uh, obviously... My friends and family, they always make me happy when I, I spend time with them. Always I'd love to spend more time with them, but, you know, work and most of my friends and family being in Finland, I don't get to do that often. But How often do you get to go Do you get to go home regularly? I try to go at least twice a year, maybe three times. But obviously I've got a great, you know, friend group in the UK as well, so I do get to see them as well. Exercising makes me happy, definitely. Um, I like I loved exercise and that keeps me happy in that sense. And the last one, and you're probably going to laugh at this, that makes me, what makes me really happy is watching brand new episode of Real Housewives of any city, be it Bellevue, <laughs> New York, Orange County, I don't care where they are, but as long as it's Real Housewives, that makes me really happy. 
But that's, you know, it's sort of, it's that kind of downtime and just where you can empty your thoughts and just escapism, isn't it? There's nothing wrong with that. There's plenty of uh, reality TV in, in our house too. And yeah, just that kind of kickback, not having to think too much. Exactly. Stuff from, whether we're watching, yeah, what we do, uh, a bit of Love Island and you know, Apprentice, all of, all of that stuff. Yeah, yeah. Alvesa, thank you so much. It's been it's been great to talk to you and to find out a bit more about your your work and about you. And it's it's been been fascinating. And I, as I said, I'll I'll mention some of those products and and um, lead people to come and find out the good work you're doing over at, at Phoenix. But um, I hope we can see each other again in real life. I think we we met God a year or two ago at, at the O2 actually. At the, we went to yeah. Billie Eilish, exactly. um, which was a really brilliant night and. Um, yeah, and I hope to see you again in the flesh very soon. But thank you for doing this. Oh, that's fine. Thank you for having me. All right, have a good weekend and take care. You too. Take care. Bye. All right, bye-bye. My thanks to Vesa. I really enjoyed that conversation. And uh, I hope it's not just me. I don't think it's just me. But I really enjoy the element of these podcasts and these conversations where I get to effectively piece together how things work in, in different industries. And in this case, with with fragrance, you know, all the way back, you know, we've spoken to perfumers, um, brand founders, people who work in store, journalists, all sorts of people. But yeah, having that insight into how the buying process works. And of course, you know, it's much more objective than, you know, just the whims of what one person might like to put on the on the shop shelves, you know, it isn't really that at all. I'm, I'm sure, you know, everyone brings in their own kind of tastes into this but um, yeah just to hear from Vesa the different um, decision making points and, and the things he has to consider in terms of all manner of things and obviously a hell of a lot of sales data and, and, and information about the brand so huge thanks to Vesa um, if you want to find Vesa online he is on Instagram at Vesa Calho which is V-E-S-A-K-A-L-H-O. That's V-E-S-A-K-A-L-H-O. And his employer is Fennec, and they are at Fennec Official, and that's F-E-N-W-I-C-K Official, Fennec Official, on Instagram, where you can um, see the, the good work that Vesa and his team do in terms of beauty buying and see the fantastic range that they have there. So, yeah, please follow Vesa and um, do check out Fennec Online too. Thank you for joining me this week. Thank you to Vesa. If you want to find out more about Man in the Mirror and see previous guests or find out what's going to be forthcoming, my Instagram handle is at maninthemirrorpod. That's at Man in the Mirror Pod, and that's the same on YouTube, where you can now watch, if you want to watch a podcast, um, yeah, you can watch the whole episode and you can see Vesa and I chatting away in our respective offices. So, um, yeah, it's at Man in the Mirror Pod on Instagram and YouTube, and I'm now on TikTok at Mr. Hayden Williams, um, and Hayden is spelled H-A-Y-D-N, no E, H-A-Y-D-N, Mr. Hayden Williams, on TikTok. And uh, please come and find me there because I'm quite new. <laughs> I don't have many followers and I'm slowly building up some posts. But um, yeah, come and find me. Come and say hi over on TikTok. And the final bit of business is uh, my traditional doffing of the busker's cap because I have an account over at coffee.com and that's ko-fi.com forward slash man in the mirror. 
And if you enjoyed the episode and if you felt able to um, contribute to the running costs, that would be amazing. It's ko-fi.com forward slash man in the mirror. And it's a site where you can use PayPal or, or any cards or whatever to, to give a small donation towards my running costs, which being transparent would go towards editing and the kind of upkeep of the the portals I use to upload and to record the podcast because you know it's still you know it's still a new new podcast and there's not really any other ways to to make income right now it's not really at a stage where I can get advertising just yet although I do hope that will will come in time so any help would be hugely appreciated over at coffee.com ko-fi.com forward slash man in the mirror so thank you to Vessa and thank you to you as always for listening and I'll see you next time on Man in the Mirror until then take care